This week on Erotic Awakening. Electro kink, instant collar, and alien cock. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patron supporters receive a free version of the audiobook polyamory toolkit, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. How are you this fine day? I am worn out. I am a bit tired as well. We just finished quite the journey, which we should probably talk about one day. But the short version of it is two or three days ago, we were in Yuma, Arizona. Today, we are in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Indeed. and Never we, been here before. And literally, we just did this mad dash across the nation. Sat at Denny's this morning in Texarkana and said, hey, we're going to get to our end goal four days early. Do you want to stop somewhere? Sure. And how you kind are. of put a finger on the map. And here we are, Hot Springs, <laughs> Arkansas. Didn't know this. This is the boyhood home of the President Bill Clinton. Didn't know really? that. Yet. No, I had no clue. So actually, I'm hoping for the Hot Springs more so than anything we else. have been close to Hot Springs when we were in Colorado Springs, and the weather chased us out a but week we, early. But we didn't go so to the springs. It. We didn't. We were we were set to go to the springs, mm-hmm. and and the snow and wind chased us out a week early. So we missed our vacation there at the springs. And then we were going to do it in New Mexico, I think it was. And the weather that chased us out of Colorado followed us to New Mexico and chased us out of there. And then when we were in Yuma, I had looked at doing it. And, well, now we're at a place that's supposed to be all about the springs. We'll find out. But how are you feeling after that big, long drive, physically? Physically? I feel like I sat in a boat for three days. Are your muscles sore? No, my muscles are not sore. I'm tired. My legs are a little wobbly. But I'm not sore. Is it because we did the yoga? No, because while you were asleep, <gasps> I broke out the TENS unit and I zapped your muscles. Did you? No, I didn't. I don't know how to do that. Fortunately, on the podcast tonight, <laughs> we have somebody who does know how to do that. Welcome to the podcast, Diva Electric. Electric. Welcome to the podcast. Record, just diva is fine. I, it, it, it's all good. My name is, it's more so, like I said, it was a play on words to kind of keep people guessing it sticks with you. You know, when you say it that way, it's like hard to forget. Fair enough. Say, say it once for our audience so that they too will not be able to remember it. Diva Electric. Well, there you go. That's not that hard. So Diva, it just so happens that this past kinky college, Dawn mm. and I were unable to attend. So I had a partner of mine that was able to attend, and I said, partner, seek out Diva. Find Diva, make Diva, contact me. But it was only so that you could come on to the podcast. We literally do have a brand new TENS unit sitting in a box, and Don and I haven't picked it out yet because we don't know anything about it. But you are well-known for somebody who does know about things. And I've actually been a little nervous about the TENS unit, so I'm kind of curious about this conversation. So let's start off by, if you would, tell us about using not just TENS units per se, but what other electrical things you can use for play. And I guess I would say, why would you want to use electrical things for play? <laughs> oh, that's a multifaceted question. Let's, uh, let's try and break this down into some car- compartments so I can make more sense of it. Why would I want to use electricity for play? It's one of the, the ones I'll start with there because it's fun. <laughs> it, <laughs> 
it's different. It it doesn't involve the the typical, and you know, call me a little elite in that respect. But it's not just impact. It's it's not your typical rope and leather and things like that. You don't usually see it. It's it takes an investment to get into. So most people tend to avoid it. It's mystifying to other people as well. It's it's fear inducing. Why would I use it? I use it because it's just it's fascinating to me. Just like with fire, it is a form of of, of force that we really don't have control over, but we still think we do to a certain degree and our own hubris can make situations a whole lot of fun, but also a whole lot dangerous. So it's a thrill aspect as well. It's like, check this out. And, you know, you turn this on, you hear that, that sizzling sound or you hear nothing at all. It has something behind it. There's, there's always an unpredictability to it that, I mean, for, for, for people like myself who are always looking for something to excite them in a thrilling sort of way, I wouldn't say I'm jumping out of planes or anything, but it's just like, <laughs> this is fascinating to me. And I think everybody should learn just how fascinating it is. So the reason I got into it, if I can kind of segue into that, Absolutely. is quite simply, I was just watching porn <laughs> and I saw a fully latex plaid dominatrix and I think it was probably late 90s, early 2000s, wielding what looked to me like some kind of mad scientist device with a light bulb on the end of it. Now, I remember going to, to science discovery places, museums and things like that. And they had that big globe where you put your hands on it, make your mm -hmm. hair stick up. And I was like, that was always so cool to me. And then I found this thing and I was like, but there's no hand going on top of the bulb. And oh shit, lightning just came out of it. And then I was, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I need to learn more about this thing. And that seems to be the response I get from a lot of people who attend my classes or just sit down and chat with me is that we, we still get fascinated by almost like a wonderment of the lightning being able to, to quite literally pass from a device we're holding in our hands to something else. For a while, it was, I had some folks who were like wizard enthusiasts and Harry Potter fans and things like that. And they're like, can I make it? Can, can, I, can I zap somebody with a wand like Harry Potter does? And I was like, kind of? Let's sit down and workshop this. Maybe we can figure something out for you. And, and now with portable batteries and things like that, oh yes, yes, you, you certainly can. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm getting a little away from myself. But yeah, I, I got into electricity play mainly just out of a wonderment to explore and to learn about what it was I was looking at and why it worked the way it did. And I just kind of fell down a rabbit hole. So without getting too technical, because I never could figure out the difference between an ohm and an amper, and I don't oh, want to learn now, but do violent wands shock wands and let's say handheld tens units are they all pretty much the same principle or are they pretty much or are they significantly different okay so disclaimer i'm not an electrical engineer nor do i ever claim to be one everything i've learned i've learned through experience or having electrical engineers heckle me during classes when i get information wrong fair so so that that's that's the disclaimer out there they all run on the same kind of electrical current, but they all produce it in different ways. And then you apply it in different ways. For instance, a violet wand or a neon wand, there are actually two types of wands out there. They work on a high frequency generation concept where the frequency is super high and the voltage is super high. 
So the pain can be at, you know, increased or decreased based, based on the amount of voltage that you put out. A digital wand works on a, now here's a little bit of technical information. A swear wave is a flat wave of energy and, or radio wave even, and it never changes frequency. It just stays flat. So digital wands, the ones you see in sex stores for like a hundred bucks or beauty devices off of eBay, those run on a square wave, which is going to feel very industrial, almost cold. I like to describe it as a difference between an incandescent light and, an, and a fluorescent light. When you walk into a room and it's fluorescent lighting, it's always so harsh on you, mm. almost vibrate, makes you uncomfortable because it's, it, it just doesn't feel natural. Whereas an incandescent light is so warm and inviting and it feels organic in it. If, it. if it flickers, it doesn't flicker at a high rate where it makes it vibrate. It kind of glows in and out almost like fire. So a digital wand is very harsh and, and hard to control the amount of sensation you're giving. Although it's still the same kind of device and, and concept, there are no moving parts and there's no effect by gravity or anything like that that makes it feel organic. Whereas a mechanical wand or what's known as a Tesla is essentially going to be an organic generator that creates electromagnetism. It creates heat. It sounds different. It feels different, but it's a lot more sensual. Mm. So those two types of wands are the ones you're going to find the most. Now with a TENS unit, you're still getting power like you would normally any other device, but it's a very low voltage device. So instead of being able to crank up the high frequency and get, say, 175K or 175 kilovolts at maximum output on a, on a mechanical wand, you are going to only be able to get about maybe 9 volts of power, 12 volts maximum if it's a lithium-ion uh, power device that you recharge for a TENS unit or a, or a portable nerve stimulator. So you're going to have what's going to be a very low voltage feel doesn't mean the pain won't hurt as much, but it means that you're going to be applying it in a different sense. That's why we're going underneath the skin. See, a high voltage device, we're going on the surface of the skin inward. And then on a low voltage device, we're putting pads or insertables, you know, your TENS units, and we're causing your muscle groups to react. So the pain isn't coming from the electricity itself being applied to you. Mm -hmm. The pain or the sensation is coming from your muscle groups being manipulated to move how you want to by applying electrical current to your muscle groups, forcing them to constrict and retract. Does, so, does that answer? Yeah. So, so I think that did answer the question mm -hmm. yeah, in, in, in how the differences work. So, but I do have a question for you with the TENS unit. So, yes. and like I said, when we first started talking is that the TENS unit actually scares me a little bit. Let, let me explain why. So the, vi the violet wand I've played with before, it's just surface. It's, it's awesome can be a little scary but i'm not scared of it well there's a little fear it depends how it's used that's it but the tens unit i've been told that you don't use it in the chest you don't use it on the head don't use it <laughs> on the neck in case it gives you muscle cramps and cramps your neck uh. things like this and then yet i watch a youtube video that says you can do nipple to nipple play but i've heard for years that you oh, shouldn't do anything oh. with the chest so Try to set me a little straight here because I did buy a TENS unit and it is still sitting in a drawer because I don't oh, know what okay. to do not to do. That's a shame. 
All right. So you've fallen into the trap many other people fall into, regardless of what new thing you're getting into. And that's we're afraid of causing harm to ourselves or others with these devices because we have no idea what they really do or how to apply them. Mm-hmm. Or what risks are. More importantly, what the risks are. And you just described to me the risk of stopping a heart is what you hear the most people talk about. They go, you do not want to put it nipple to nipple. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Well, the theory is, and I say theory because nobody, to my knowledge, unless somebody can debunk this, has died from kinky plate with a TENS unit. And here's why I believe so. TENS units, and including violet wands, anything we really use for sexual stimulation that is provided to us by either that industry or, or made in that realm, those are all microcurrent devices. And by microcurrent, I mean, there's not enough current inside these devices to kill a human being. Current kills, voltage hurts. So the voltage is what's going to be changed the most, but the currents are always going to be in microamps. Hmm. You're not even up to one full amp of current, which is what you really need to even defib or stop a heart. Now, where you put your pads, there are lots and lots of dungeons that say you will not play above the waist in our dungeon. It is too high of a risk. However, I have seen it done and I have done it multiple times. What it is, is you have your tens unit is, is I'm guessing, does it have two spots to put pads in? Like you could put a set of pads on one side and a set of pads on the other, or is it just you plug a wire into it and you have pads that come out of it? <laughs> you got me. I haven't opened the box. Okay. So let's talk about, we're, we're kind of jumping in the tens units here. So we'll just, uh, we'll stay on track here. Sure. When you get a TENS unit, you can get what are called a single channel or a multi-channel TENS unit. Most people will have a, if they go to a, a porn shop and they buy one online, they typically get what's a single channel. So that's one wire coming out of it with the option of being able to have two pads split off in two different directions. Or you could even split those again, but you always have to have that circuit complete by having all of the items all of the pads on the body somewhere to be able to complete the circuit. Are you following me? Yep. Got it. Yep. So let's say, for instance, for example's sake, you have a, a, a standard, regular, like sex box TENS unit with one channel. It's going to give you one wire, typically with two TENS leads on the end that you're going to attend, then attach to your body. So you could... Like I said, theoretically, go from, you know, le- left side nipple to right side nipple and cross the chest from that side to the other side. And I'm going to tell you right now, in my experience, you're going to do that with very little to no risk. However, if you put the pad on the front of the body and you put it on the back of the body, now we're forcing that current to potentially travel through the entirety of your, your body, your chest cavity from the front to the back. Mm. And that could through the heart but there's not enough energy in tens pads to be able to get deep enough into your chest cavity to even reach your heart does that make sense to you yeah it really does so i'll have to so (laughs) the surface level muscle groups and the epidermis level more than anything else we're not going underneath into your lungs there's none of that happening Right. No, not 
Now, for neck cramps, I mean, if your neck is prone to cramping, you could get those cramps to be relieved by a proper TENS placement for the pads. You know, you could put your pads in a proper placement for that. General, a good placement for that would be right on the, the near the clavicle on your shoulder where your neck meets your shoulder toward the back, right along the spinal column. But you want to go very, very, very low power at first. What you're going to do is use a pulsing factor. It's going to basically constrict the muscles and reopen them back up. And what that does is it works your muscle groups in a way that you can't actually manipulate them yourself. So when you go work out, when you, if you do any physical activity and you're moving your muscles around, what you're also doing is you're bringing oxygen into your muscles. And if you're working really hard, you're, you're kind of tearing your muscles to create new muscle on top of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. So what happens with, with, you know, conditioning your body is you get stronger. Now with pain, pain is usually going to be caused by pinched nerves, compressed discs, and a lot of pressure in an area where you can't manipulate it as much. That's why when some people will, they'll do a neck exercises where you move your neck from one side to the next very slowly in a rolling motion. You'll see a lot of massage therapists use things like that where they'll hold the neck at an odd angle for maybe five or ten seconds mm -hmm. and then let go other side. What they're doing is they're trying to manipulate your muscle groups that you can't consciously control to get them to open up, let oxygen into them and help them to repair or at least to get some of that pressure off. So a good example of how pressure can hurt. Lactic acid builds up in your muscles when you have them strained. You ever heard of that? Sure. Yep. Yep. We do the workout thing. <laughs> Not me if I'm wrong or if you need to correct me on some terminology. I know physiology to a point, but I only learned enough of it to be able to help me fuck around with kinky bucks. Fair. <laughs> so, you know, the more physiology I learn, the better I can hurt you. Or we can make it hurt as much as you want, honey. But here's the thing. If you have a buildup of lactic acid anywhere in your body, it's going to hurt. If you have a lot of pressure in an area or pinched nerves, it's going to suck for you. But if you can relieve that pressure in some way, wouldn't you want to try it? So that's why TENS units were basically starting to be employed as a legitimate medical device. Mm -hmm. Because I can't control the muscles in, you know, in my, my L3, L4, L5 on my lumbar section. I can't control the muscles in my upper part of my, my spine. I can't control the muscles in my pectoral very well because, you know, I weigh a buck 10 on a good day and I just don't have the, the body to do it. I don't have that conditioning, but with a TENS unit, I sure can control it. And I can use the different modifiers on my unit to be able to get that to work out and get those, those, those kinks out, if you will, not to, to be a pun. So yeah, you can play above the waist. You can play all sorts of places, but you can also use it to build up huge degrees of lactic acid in the muscles to cause extreme pain if you have somebody who's a severe masochist. So I'm probably getting way off track here, but your TENS unit shouldn't be frightening to you as long as you understand that one, you should not. 99.9999%, we're going to do this whole, you know, antibacterial kills all the bacteria kind of thing you will not die cool you will get you will get more pain from that device before you even come close to the possibility of of breaking my no dead rule crossing from nipple to nipple i don't recommend it 
I actually would recommend getting a dual channel device where you can actually control your pathways a little bit better and mitigate the possibility of breaking that 99.99999% threshold and just going, say, a pad setting from one side of your right nipple to the other side of your right nipple and then another pad setting from one left nipple to your other side of your left nipple. Now, does that make sense? I hadn't thought of that. To just do the one <laughs> nipple from side to I got a feeling Dan's gonna be pulling that out of the drawer tonight. Now I've got a I've actually had physical therapy where they used the tens unit Same. and I had a chiropractor mm -hmm. who used the tens unit and all that kind of jazz. How do you use a tens unit in a kinky setting? And I, I mean that specifically. How do you, Diva, use a tens unit in a kinky setting? Oh, you're box here. You're opening up Pandora's box here. How do I use tens units? Well, one of the things I love to do in my class is I love to make asses clap. I quite literally put my my demo bottom into a twerking workout in front of the entire audience. If, you, if, if you've never been to one of my classes, I don't teach class like a typical person teaches a class. I'm very, very eclectic. I'm all over the place. And I'm very show and tell and very, very audience engaged. I love to put on a show as much as I love to serve my community. So I try to find the most fun ways of explaining these devices to people and showing them what they can do while still getting everybody to be in stitches by the end of my class. And the very, very best thing I love to do is one pat on the ass cheek, another pat on the other ass cheek, and I start cranking that fucker up until those ass cheeks start clapping. And then we clap. <laughs> with them in the class. Fantastic. I could just picture that. But if, <laughs> if I'm thinking, oh boy, I'd like to, you know, do some kinky fun with dances, yes. she might not like that so much. So what about, what's something that, not class-wise, but just something enjoyable that we might try with a tens unit? Oh, easy, enjoyable plant placement for you is going to be inner thigh, right to the left side of the vulva, inner thigh, right to the right side of the vulva, Give it about two to three inches apart from your pads. Mm -hmm. You don't want a pad close. You don't want a path that's too close because that can get really intense. You want to spread out the, po the, the points a little bit to be able to let it travel over a variety of muscle groups so that you can, uh, it, it's kind of like displacing the weight with a waterbed. You know, when people say, well, you have a waterbed, won't that go through your floor? Well, no, because the waterbed is large mm -hmm. and it displaces up the large area. Well, you want to displace that force across a larger area of muscle groups. Very cool. So just going on a low power and you basically, you, you set up your pads, you turn on your device and you use your device at the lowest power possible, still feeling nothing and inch yourself up until you start to feel something and stop. Let your body take it in. Let your body react to what's happening. Okay. If you're panicking or if you're anticipation or if you're if you're starting to hyperventilate, stop and breathe. Keep the machine on, but just breathe. Mm -hmm. Try to breathe along with the motions that your muscles are doing along with the tens you you know, if you're into Reiki, if you're into to, to energy play, mm -hmm. a amazing addition to that. And just kind of feel it in. And then slowly edge yourself up. I will start typically around, I have a device that goes up to 99 levels of power. And I will have that device with most everybody start at about five to 10. And the first thing I'll do is I'll go, Hey, how you doing? You feel doing anything? 
and I'll either get a yeah or eh, sort of. Then I'll crank it up maybe two or three notches. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, now I feel something. And I'll stop. I'll be like, and how does it feel? And you'll take it in. And then over time, we'll have our class or I'll just be in a scene and we'll be chatting and we'll be playing. And over the time I'm chatting and playing, I'm gradually inching up the intensity of the machine. And they're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. But their body is getting used to every new level. And before they know it, they're at level 30. They're at level 35. And by the end of the scene, maybe we've even made it up to 50. Some people have actually maxed out my machine. <laughs> but what's happening is with pad placement I discussed from inner thigh to inner thigh, we are traveling a current of electricity across a muscle group that basically comprise your pelvic area, regardless of what genitals you have. And we are going to be exciting those areas with that, that uh, wavy force, depending on what pattern we're using. Tens units usually operate on patterns. Either it's constant, it's on and off, on and off, so it's binary, or it's gradual and modu- modular, where you know maybe it'll go a slow rise and then a slow down, a slower rise up again, a slower rise down, and then all of a sudden it'll fat, it'll just speed up and go fast rise, hold, <laughs> and, it, and my machine has a modifier that I can turn the speed up or down on that frequency, on that modulation, so that the slower rise becomes even slower, or I can crank it up where it's rise, 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 <laughs> rise, 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 and then we can actually start having literally a symphony of clapping asses, clapping tits, you know, I for here, just, just a funly, funly little, little thing. I will put a pad on a tricep and a bicep of a particularly bratty submissive for masochist. Mm-hmm. And we will basically cause them to hit themselves in the face <laughs> repeatedly. Not hard, but, you know, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Right, stop right. Hitting. <laughs> and, it's hilarious. I, I, it's a, it's, it allows me to really play with a lot of whims. But when it comes to sensual aspects, absolutely. I can have somebody in a puddled mess just by operating on a low end spectrum of the power range with wavy, you know, sensual motions from the, from the, the pads or the insertables. We haven't gotten into that yet. Or the cock ring. So we haven't gotten into that yet. Right. Uh, so. Uh, well, we've concentrated on the the tens unit. So, uh-huh. tell me, tell me a little more what the other options are, because I feel like I've actually played with electric a lot. And there's the violent wands, which are wonderful. The little two, remember the little two pronged zapper, Dan? Mm-hmm. We wore yeah, the that's... hell out of that. That one's amazing. The other little, oh, Dan, what was the long thing? That looked like a broken fly swatter. It was broken... a broken fly swatter. Oh, it was a broken fly swatter. It was yeah. a fly swatter. <laughs> you, you break off the fly swatter part and you just leave the zappy. <laughs> he left exactly. trail marks on my body with that thing, right? Because of the exposed wires sort of thing. And yeah, I've had my tongue zapped. And Oh, yes. So just a little bit more about the, the other options. Direct devices, like the Tazapper you described, it mm-hmm. is something. They're not so much for pain as they are for getting someone's attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pop and then a release. But have you ever tried to just put it up against the skin and hit the button? 
I don't, you know, I'm usually blindfolded when that shit happens. <laughs> so I don't know how the top uses it. <laughs> a couple of fun techniques you can use with your taser zapper since we're already on the concept of, of fly swatters, taser zappers, and direct devices. And you're welcome, by the way. You can use it in the typical sense where you hold the button down, you charge the capacitor, and then you hit the body and you're plop. And you mm -hmm. feel a little something, but it's, it's more so, oh, that just broke the silence. But then you can also turn around and just find a piece of skin anywhere in the body that just suits your purpose, whether it's angry or not from previous play. Put the end of that tea zapper onto the skin itself and then hit the button. Instead of charging the capacitor, it's going straight through the two prongs right into the skin. Hmm. So it's going to not be a cattle prod, but it's going to have a very, very, uh, let's just say direct result. Okay. And then there's the other one where you would hold the button down and repeatedly as quickly as possible, zap your, 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 your partner, zap your bottom over and over again, because you're not allowing the capacitor to charge completely. You're getting a lower frequency mixed with higher frequencies. So the lower frequencies are going to bite and the higher frequencies are going to pop. And it's going to really screw with the, uh, the equilibrium of where your sub mm. is at. They can't roll where their brain is because they're constantly trying to figure out, well, where's it coming from? Is it going to be hard? I don't know. And it gets so intense. I made somebody squirm off the table just from using that little device. I like that little device. So these are freaking wonderful. Like I said, we wore ours out. So I would love to put that back in the toy bag. So one more question for you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. So let's say someone, because I consider electricity edge play, and I'm sure some do, some don't. Depends how you, you know, define edge play. But if someone wanted to start this sort of edge play, how would how would you recommend they get started? I mean, obviously take a class, but is there a, like a certain instrument that they should start with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could take a class if you really want to get everything all at once. If you want an info dump like me. Come take a class. We'll, we'll, and, and then after class, meet me at the dungeon and, and we'll do some extra credit. But you can still read about these things. I didn't go to a single class before I started teaching because I learned everything I was doing by reading and, you know, tutorial videos from pornography. So, <laughs> you, you know, and, and I read a lot of medical manuals, especially about TENS units and things like that to kind of get an idea of what I was dealing with. I was just as scared about it as you were. But, but to get started, just, Get a tape zapper like you had. Get a get one of those little fly swatter type things to kind of see if you even like the sensation. They're inexpensive. If you don't like it, then it's not a big loss. You know, the cost of a tape zapper or a, I think a kink.com makes them now. They're called stingers. The stinger ones. Mm -hmm. The tape zapper nowadays, though, are different than the ones we bought. I'm going to warn, warn your audience and, and anybody who wants to replace their old vintage tape zappers. It's kind of like Hitachi Magic Wand. As soon as they sold the the company writes to some other company to make them. They changed everything about them. They're not as good. They don't last mm. as long. Feel different. The, the new Tay Zappers feel nothing, nothing like the, the old ones. The closest device I've ever seen that comes to, to a similar effect is the kink.com Stinger Wand. And I mean, you can get that off of Amazon. Amazon Prime to your door in two days. Start shocking your sub tomorrow. But yeah, two batteries. Runs on three bolts of power, no, no voltage really, no current, can't kill anybody, going to cause some pain, fun to experiment with. Basically, just go nuts and see right. if it's something you 
Nice, nice, nice. So if people wanted to get up with you, how would they do so? <laughs> You'd have to find me at any of the, the parties that I go to. And parties, I mean, since the plague hit, since COVID hit, parties have pretty much gone away. Mm-hmm. It's mostly parties. You'll find me, Kiki College, bless them so much and not from the Southern factory, you know, just really bless them for existing and being so wonderful. They've had me there now three times and they tend to bring me back for every spring because they rotate me out. They don't want to have me there every time. You know, I don't want to get sick of me, but yeah, I, I will go to dungeon events and things like that when I can. I don't get to go to many. My life is fairly busy, but you should typically catch me at a kinky college from time to time. Before can, we, can, that we, was, can we find yeah. you online if we wanted to book you for an event? You certainly can. It would be my name, Diva underscore electric, just like E-L-E-C-T-R-I-Q-U-E at FetLife. That's my FetLife account. And I do check it periodically on every couple of days. I'm not as active as I used to be. You know, being 40 years old now makes it a little bit more difficult with me with all the adulting and stuff. But yeah, I, I can I can correspond through there, no problem. And if you wanted to book me for an event, the only thing that sucks about what I do to be booked for events is I have a lot of gear. My classes are extremely gear heavy. And that's why I haven't traveled as much. It's like, I don't just sit down with a, with a notepad or, or a bunch of, of cards and, and, and sit in a, a round table group and talk with people. I bring half my dungeon with me. I, <laughs> uh, you know, right. it, it's so, go ahead. I just can say that's awesome. I want to tell you a quick story real quick, and maybe you've already seen this or maybe not. You're familiar with the game Jenga? Where you, yeah. have to, you put the little blocks together and then you got to pull the blocks out. So oh, yes. the, the last time I saw electrical play, there was two people, we'll call them Bob and Phil. That was at our kinky, kinky, kinky and geeky. Was it a kinky event. geeky? I, I'm pretty sure it was a kinky and geeky event at the space. So Bob and Phil are playing Jenga against each other. They both have tens unit, a tens unit. They both have pads on their hands. And when it's Bob's turn to pull one out, Phil gets the controller for the tens unit. And then when it's Phil's turn to pull one out, Bob gets the controller for this. So they get to use the Jenga to make the other person's hands shake and knock the Jenga over. It's muscle manipulation 101 right there. There you go. <laughs> Fun to watch. Diva, thank you very much. A ton of information. Very much appreciate it. Hang out with us for a little bit while Don and I go through a few other things. Don, the reason we started the show by saying we just traveled a thousand miles plus in the RV is because we have to be at a variety of places like Maryland, Texas, Toronto, Pennsylvania, Detroit, Kansas City, and Chicago. So keep up with all of our events, book news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. So you are correct. We're trying to get from Arizona to Maryland, and I just posted why in the newsletter a couple of days ago. And if you don't like any of those reasons and you don't really care about keeping up with us, you still get your awesome EA shoutouts, like Amanda from Ohio and Autumn in Michigan. Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. I got an email the other day, Dawn, that apparently the Erotic Awakening podcast has made the top listener charts on something called Good Pods. Oh, that's fabulous. It is fabulous, but it's in a very narrow human sexuality field. I'm sure that the... Uh, We're a little little niche-y. We're we're in a niche. We are a little (laughs) niche-y. Niche-y is another word. (laughs) Niche-y. Niche-y, yes. I suppose that's a thing. But that's awesome. It's it's not bad. I don't mind at all. Uh, So, Don, I have one last question for you before we let our audience get out of here is... And this is very... 
You have a question, but I have a tentacle. Oh, okay, go ahead. First things first. <laughs> I just got to thinking, Diva, would this work if I covered Dawn in calamari, uncooked, and zap it with electricity? Can I pretend it's alive? I've never tried it before, but in theory, calamari is just a big muscle. So beautiful. The, the second part of the question is, after I do this, can I come crash on your couch? Because I think that would be it for me. I don't think Dawn would, and just being covered in calamari <laughs> would be about it. I like tentacles, but cow, no. <laughs> I like, I, no, I don't know how to explain it anyway. But raw octopus is not the same as tentacle sex. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's just not. So, and we would know that. With Well, one of the links that Ohio Hedgehog just sent me, right, it's a link to Bondage Blog, and it's a blog about, it's titled Rocked by Alien Cox. That's the name of the blog? That's the name of the blog title, but the blog itself is Bondage Blog. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's a blog on Bondage Blog <laughs> titled Rocked by Alien Cox, and he said he had to send it to me because, of course... It has tentacles on it. I mean, alien cock also has tentacles. <laughs> Why not? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I love it. Don, I do have one more question for you that's not okay. related to tentacles. Okay. How soon? So let's pretend that a, you know Bob and Phil. Mm-hmm. Bob and Phil have decided to get it started a little relationship in this power exchange relationship. Phil says, hey, Don, mm-hmm. how long should I wait before I offer Bob a collar? I've known Bob now for two weeks, and I'm thinking about collaring his ass. Well, I'm a storyteller, and I will usually answer a question like that with a story of saying, well, Dan and I worked on our relationship, made sure it was what we were wanting, and it took us a year and a half before we did a collar and a contract and that sort of thing. And a lot of other people I talk to that are in long-term committed relationships also spend a little bit of time. They don't do it lickety split. As long as I don't talk about the one couple we know that did do it within six weeks and are still together 20 years later. Right. <laughs> and uh, to tattle on myself, I often have had a variety of collared submissives beyond the dawn, and I've not lasted, waited 11 months. Sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. Uh-huh. And how many are still around? <laughs> well, on occasion, no, no, that's, but that is not a legitimate response. Okay. Because how many of them left when it was time to leave? True. Right. And uh, granted, none of those became these 20 year relationships, of course, but none of them should have been 20 year relationships. That's true. They weren't designed to be, to be that. Now, I will, I will tell you, I will admit. The probably the person that I collared the fastest, I regret collaring them the fastest. And right, that was that was an a so that's just food for fraught, thought. Mm-hmm. So, is there any you should wait X amount of time before you? No, no, I think it's all all personal and and depends on the relationship and stuff. But I am going to tell you that I would recommend getting a little bit past the new relationship energy part Mm -hmm. and actually doing a lot of talking and making sure that your terms, your, your, I want to say vocabulary and that's not the right, right word, your definitions Mm -hmm. 
of what you think an MS relationship is or a power exchange relationship or even talk about what the hell the difference is between those for each of you, not how other people define it, and see if you're on the same page before doing the collar thing because the collar thing to some people is is very, very important. To other people, it's not. It's just a, a, a step. But to some people, it is very important. Right. And, and I would definitely recommend at least talking about what dominant means to each of you, submissive, what terminology works for you, what doesn't. What do you expect in a power exchange relationship? What do you expect that collar to mean? Does that collar mean everything? Or does it mean some stuff is still off the table, like you've had with some of your other collared submissives, right? Sometimes finances is off the table or kids are off the table or, you know, whatever. Those things need to be discussed so people don't get so disappointed. I will say that in the beginning of when you and I were in a, be, began our journey into the alternative lifestyle stuff, mm -hmm. when we talked to people about collars, it was much more considered, it was much more viewed as, oh, it's like a wedding ring. Absolutely. It's like this long, considered to be a long-term significant relationship. And you don't see that so much. Some people still view it that way, but like you were saying, some people view it very, very differently. So find out what they mean by, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I want to put a collar on your ass. Diva, do you do the power exchange type thing? Is this, do you even care about this whole collar thing? I respect it, but I don't really follow it myself. Being a service top, I don't really get into power exchange. Cool. Makes sense. See, that's, that, that's good to know, because if you said you were into power exchange as a, and Although you do act as a service top from a power exchange perspective, you're more of a follower. I would be like, ooh, if I call her Diva, I can call her half a dungeon of electrical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's cool is that it's electrical play, which is power play, but he's not into power exchange. Ooh. <laughs> Get in the middle with the punning again. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> So take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us at FetLife as Dan and Dawn. And on Erotic Awakening, or, and, you know, <laughs> see, I've, I've, I've got we the wrong line. Our lines. <laughs> we are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and our very active Discord community. Or just send an email to Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Awesome. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Diva. Bye, Diva. All right. You.